Professor. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The spirit of Antichrist is alive and well, my friends, if you can call it well. It is alive, and it's the glorification of darkness everywhere. And over the past several years, we have been finding that to be an increasing phenomenon. Today, we're going to lay a foundation by taking a look at some of those events that have been taking place, even this last weekend, with the great worldwide satanic celebration in Boston, Massachusetts, where it was uh, Paul Revere, who the famous poem says, one if by land and two if by sea, and I on the opposite shore will be ready to rise and spread the alarm through every Middlesex village and farm, where he lit the light in the North Tower there, uh, the church there in Boston, but today... And over this weekend, Satan has lit his life, his light, if you can call it light, or his darkness, rather, uh, to celebrate the spirit of the Antichrist and Satanism right here in the United States of America in Boston, Massachusetts. So the spirit of the Antichrist and the glorification of darkness are alive. Darkness is arising To see people literally worshiping the dark side takes one's breath away. Uh, If you were to go, I believe it's to the U.N. headquarters, you will find most recently the uh, statue uh, symbolizing, referencing Daniel's final beast empire uh, that has been put now into a... uh, Uh, an actual statue. It's quite amazing, all the various animal heads and so on. Uh, The United Nations uh, celebrating this, and uh, it's all a part of the great movement right now toward the end of the age, driven by the spirit of anti-Christ. Anti-Christ means against Christ. It is a spirit as well as an individual who will ultimately arise to incarnate that spirit. And so what we're seeing is actually uh, worshiping the dark side, and it takes one's breath away, as one writer, Terry James, once said. It's not news to you, though, that this year the Grammys included a literal satanic performance by Sam Smith and Kim uh, Petras. The song was titled Unholy and included Sam Smith in a red devil costume and hat with horns surrounded by performers, some in capes, wearing red costumes and dancing seductively. Flames were surrounding them, and viewers would think they were actually peering into hell. It was hellish, quite frankly. I saw it on television. Quite amazing. The 2023 Super Bowl halftime lived up to its outrageous reputation. It opened with the fifth merchant, Rihanna, descending from the sky, surrounded by what could be described as dancing fallen angels. And it generated more complaints than the debacle of the Grammys. And then there were the Commonwealth Games last July in Birmingham, England. Seventy-two nations participated. Then Prince Charles, now soon to be King Charles, was an honorary guest. 
It included ritualistic bow worship in plain sight. The dancers placed fingers on their heads to represent satanic horns as they were announcing the coming of the horned beast. The ceremony was absolutely blatant Luciferian worship. A woman eventually climbed a gigantic bull, and the crowd celebrated the woman riding the beast right out of Revelation 17. And this was seen by tens of millions of people around the world. By the way, the symbol of the woman riding the beast is the symbol, the official symbol of the European Union, in case you didn't know. And then we can't leave out the Gothard base tunnel ceremony of 2016. That was attended by Europe's most powerful leaders. The opening ceremony was a weirdly satanic ritual. Uh, In case you did not know, the Gothard Tunnel is the world's longest tunnel project in history. It goes through the Swiss Alps and took 17 years to complete. It's considered the symbol of European unification. But does that require honoring Satan? Well, that's the spirit of the age. That's the spirit of Europe. During the eight-hour ceremony, eventually a goat man, or Baphomet, appears and is the star of the show. So people bowed down to him once again, and at the end of the long ceremony, the goat man was declared king of the world, and it was televised to the whole world. King of the world? King of the world? Remember my book, King of the Mountain? Then there was the largest satanic gathering in history that took place this weekend in Boston, Massachusetts. Attendees were promised a weekend of blasphemy and remembrance. And this year's Satan Con, that's what it was called, was completely sold out in six weeks in advance. Thousands gathered to celebrate darkness and Satan. So, It appears obvious, it should be obvious to anybody with a rational mind and a willingness to see it, that the world is racing toward the kingdom of the Antichrist. It's the spirit of Antichrist that's inspiring these glorifications of darkness. And uh, then again, in case you were not aware of it, there was the Fox TV production in 2016 and 17 titled Lucifer, that painted him as a a pretty good guy. And then the rapper Lil Nas X grossing out some of his closest fans by sliding down a pole to hell to give Satan a lap dance. And then there was another cable production titled Little Demon. The after-school Satan clubs designed to counter child evangelism classes have been in action. Disney most recently has been involved in all of this. So Satan is getting a lot of glory now. But remember, his ultimate destination, as eternal lake of fire for him and all his angels and cohorts, where their diabolical celebrations will come to an ignominious end, and it won't be pretty. But until then, friends, those who live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer increasing persecution. So, I'm glad that you've joined us. This conversation is always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. Today we look at the development of this uh, uh, Luciferian environment, the spirit of Antichrist that is driving all of this, and we look at it in the context of what's happening in 
the world as a whole, not just with regard to uh, the actual open antagonistic spirit of Antichrist, but the developments in our world that are revealing why these kinds of things are able to take place and what the leaders of our world are actually seeing with regard to the new world order setting the stage for the final events of world history and a global government that will uh, deem to replace God himself and uh, perhaps even allow God to speak through a machine, at least to appearances. So you're listening to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms. We'll be back after this to see what really is going on around our world. I hope you'll stay tuned. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. As the world is moving very rapidly toward the glorification of darkness and Satanism and the spirit of Antichrist, what is going on in the world geopolitically and uh, religiously that sets the stage for what is going on? Well, that's what we want to take a look at for the balance of the program here today on Viewpoint. And uh, I'm glad that you've joined us, by the way. If you do not have a copy of uh, my last several books, you might just want to seriously consider getting a copy. The first one I'm going to mention to you is King of the Mountain, the eternal epic and end time battle for it is said that he who rules the Temple Mount will be deemed to rule the world. Now, that comes into a very interesting uh, position when you realize that this week, The uh, Brits are going to anoint, crown King Charles III. Now, this becomes important because there are those, there are many actually, who have seen Prince Charles, now to be King Charles, as perhaps the incarnation of the spirit of Antichrist in some respects. I'm not saying here on this program and have never said that I considered Prince Charles to be the Antichrist. But there are many things about him that uh, people have said make them think very strongly that certainly he carries forth the spirit of Antichrist. So here's what's going to happen. The Archbishop of Canterbury, the spiritual leader there in England, will cause for a chorus of millions to recite a pledge of fealty to the UK monarchy. So this is is interesting, and it's very different than anything in history. The coronation of King Charles III is going to feature an invitation for all British people to swear their allegiance to the new monarch 
and his descendants in what organizers have billed as a, quote, chorus of millions, unquote. So the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, is going to call upon all persons of goodwill in the U.K. and its territories, and those watching on television and on the Internet, to recite the following vows. And here they are. I swear that I will pay true allegiance to your majesty and to your heirs and successors according to the law, so help me God, unquote. Now that's interesting. True allegiance to you and to your heirs and successors. What is true allegiance? I want you to think about the implications of these words. What is true allegiance? So if I say in the United States Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. Okay, what does it stand for? You see, when we're pledging allegiance, you're pledging to something that it stands for. So what does Prince Charles stand for? Well, he stands for universalism. Prince Charles stands for climate control. Prince Charles stands for the rule of the United Nations. Prince Charles stands for, in essence, not defender of the faith, but defender of the faiths, even though he's tried to compromise and make it seem like he's just going to be the traditional defender of the faith, that is, the Christian faith. In reality, he's already said otherwise. So in other words... He's eclectic. He is a globalist. He is a consummate globalist. So when the Brits pledge their allegiance to Prince Charles and to his descendants, they are pledging their allegiance to the spirit of globalism, which is the spirit of Antichrist. So then the archbishop, after people have made this vow is going to call the people to say, or he's going to proclaim, God save the king and ask all to respond. God save King Charles. Long live King Charles. May the king live forever. Hmm. May the king live forever. It's appointed unto man once to die after this, the judgment. But may the king live forever. Okay. Just just think about that. So, What is this implying? This is implying that Prince Charles, now to be King Charles by the coronation, is somehow going to stand in a unique place different than all previous British monarchs, and certainly in a radically different position than that of Queen Elizabeth. He is a consummate globalist, one of the most renowned globalists in the world. Prince Charles, soon to be King of England, to whom the world is being urged to pledge allegiance. Now, in that context, we have so many other things that are taking place. For instance, this article came from CBS News concerning Google's AI experts on the future of artificial intelligence. And among other things, they said, we may look on our time as the moment civilization was transformed as it was by fire. 
agriculture, and electricity. In 2023, we learned that a machine taught itself how to speak to humans like a peer. A chatbot is only one of the recent breakthroughs in artificial intelligence. Machines can then teach themselves superhuman skills. What's coming next is going to come faster than you know. We don't need to go into the rest of the lengthy article because this is what's happening. It's happening more rapidly than you could imagine or know. So I put a headline at the top. Will God speak through machines? Now, don't take that lightly. Because when you look at Revelation chapter 13, and you find that the counterfeit Christ, the Antichrist, will have a false prophet, and that false prophet is going to set up a system that uh, no man will be able to buy or sell, save those who take the mark of the beast, in other words, pledge their allegiance to the beast and his empire. Not only that, but he's going to erect an image, that that image will speak. Now, what do you think that image is? Is that a human being? Is that a chatbot? Is it some higher level of computerized machine that is going to purport to speak as God to the people? Will God speak through machines? There's something quite fascinating about that. And, in fact, the technocrats who are developing these uh, digital systems and digital powers are an AI, are actually developing them with the intent of becoming God. Now, if you did not know that, you have not read my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. There's an entire chapter that shows how one of the competitors for Messiah is actually technology through the development of AI and merging it with uh, biomechanics and other kinds of technology so that, in effect, we will become God and can live forever. I know that may sound strange to you, but if you read my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, you'll understand a whole lot better the sincerity with which they are pursuing this God intent. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Why is that the spirit of Antichrist? Because Satan said, I will be like the Most High God. I will be like the Most High God. Now, how is he going to be like the Most High God? He's going to use humanity made in the image of God to be perverted, distorted, twisted just like he is in order to seek through humankind given dominion in this earth to replace God. Thereby, Satan will have invested himself in humanity to challenge God's intent and purpose 
that humankind made in his image would have dominion in the earth. It is an absolute, unmitigated, open, notorious challenge to Christ as Savior and God. This is the spirit of Antichrist that is coming. Now, I have shared here on this program my experience with a uh, a man who identified himself as an international engineer for the Sony Corporation. This was about uh, 20-some years ago. I was in a, in a layover on a flight and sat with this man. We were able to have a nice little chat. And he was talking to me about the amazing developments of technology. One of the things he had said at that time, remember, this was over 20 years ago, he said, and the time is coming when actually uh, we're not going to need telephone instruments anymore because all of that will be implants. But then without, without stopping at all, he said, and the day is coming when we will be God. That's what he said, and that's the spirit of Antichrist. It's been around for a long time. It's been around since Satan warred against God in the mount of God in the heavens and was cast out. And ever since then, he has been doing his will, his work, to accomplish his ultimate purpose in the end of the age to declare himself God through a figure that is known most commonly as the Antichrist. He is the beast of the beast system, and he will emulate emulate Christ in so many different ways. He will be seen as the prince of peace because people will be in such despair, the world will be in such chaos that they will cry out for a deliverer and they will receive the counterfeit Christ. Even the Jewish people will receive him Jesus said to them, I came to you in my father's name, and you didn't receive me. But there is one coming in his own name, in him you will receive. We know about him, them receiving him because in the Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter 28, we're told about how Israel will enter into a covenant with the counterfeit Christ figure, allegedly pro- promising them peace. But by God calls it a covenant with death. You can read about it there in Isaiah chapter 26. Now, what you might want to do in order to get all of these pictures together and, and understand the, the overarching gravity of all of this, you might want to go to my book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic End Time Battle, where it said that he who rules the Temple Mount rules the world. It's a, a $20 book, yours for $15, on the website, saveus.org, or you can call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. The next book was Antichrist. How to Identify the Coming Imposter. It's a $22 book. It's yours for $20 now on our website, saveus.org, or you can write to us at Save America Ministries again. If you're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, or call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. If the website does not show $20, then 
call us or write to us, and uh, we're going to get that corrected. I just lowered the price to $20 by executive fiat right here on the program. And then thirdly, the latest book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, $22 on our website, saveus.org. Now, if you buy two of those books, you'll only pay uh, $5 for the first postage and handling, $2 for the next. If you buy all three of them, then it will be $5 for the first, $2 for each succeeding book for postage and handling. Okay, that having been said, that's what's on the table today. And I think what will provide and open your eyes to see more clearly what's happening. But now for the balance of the program, we take a look at the geopolitical world and what's happening there to show the context in which Satan is rising with his Antichrist. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Russia's Medvedev, the former president of Russia before Vladimir Putin, said the world is on the verge of a new world war. He's an ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin, and he warned this last Tuesday that the world was probably on the verge of a new world war. He said the world is sick and quite probably on the verge of this new world war. Now, that's the that's the environment. That's the spirit that we're talking about, which means that the world is in chaos and people do not know what to do about it. So. They're going about frenetically trying to find a way to solve what seem to be unsolvable problems. That brings us the next article coming from the Russian Times. Timofey Bordashev. Frenetic diplomatic maneuvering is reshaping the world order. Frenetic diplomatic maneuvering is reshaping the world order. He says there's no doubt that the world is undergoing a major transformation, the most significant of the last few hundred years. We're not talking about another redistribution of power within a limited circle of states, but about a much broader phenomenon, he said. It is not only the leading states, which are really ones who will determine the composition of the new world order, but also the smaller opportunists who are now in a constant state of maneuvering. The European Union, acting in their personal capacity or under the guise of submissive European institutions, are in a state of permanent maneuvering, 
in relations with China, Russia, or the rest of the so-called world majority. Now, let me break this down very quickly. When Mr. Borisov, not Gorbachev, but Borisov, said it's not only the leading states which are really the ones who will determine the composition of the New World Order, but also the smaller opportunists who are now in a constant state of maneuvering. This is, friends, this is the battle for king of the mountain. Now let me give you a a little illustration, and you can understand then the foundation for the book King of the Mountain. One day, as I was just uh, walking down the hallway in my home, the Lord spoke to my heart and dropped a memory there concerning a childhood game. It was called King of the Mountain or King of the Hill, depending on the particular area that you were living. King of the Mountain or King of the Hill. So all it took then was a a little mound, maybe a, a mound of snow or of dirt or rocks or whatever it was. It didn't have to be too much. Just some kind of a mound, and one a kid would get on top of it and proclaim himself King of the Mountain. And then his friends... Uh, would try to become king of the mountain in his stead. And so they'd try to pull him down, and they, if they couldn't pull him down individually, they'd conspire together, confederate together to pull him down, thinking that in his stead then they would become king of the mountain. Of course, not realizing the same thing was going to happen to them. Well, As the Lord dropped that memory into my mind, he said, and that is how you will understand and communicate to my people what is about to happen in the final events of world history and how it has been taking place since Satan confronted God in the mount of God in the heavens and has declared that he will become not only like the Most High God, but will ascend to the heights of the north on the Temple Mount and rule the world from the Temple Mount. It's the battle for King of the Mountain, and Satan is using the nations to accomplish it. So, if you were to read in Psalm 2, it said, Why do the nations rage and the people imagine a vain and foolish thing? The kings of the earth are setting themselves against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let's tear their bands bands asunder. And God says, he's going to laugh. He's going to have them in derision. And he declares, yet I have set my king on my holy hill. So in other words, the presumption there is that what they're trying to do is become king of the mountain to rule and reign over the earth from the temple mount, But God sees their nefarious end, and he says, No, I have already declared my king, which will rule on my holy mountain. So then God engages in a little bit of spiritual sarcasm right there in Psalm 2, and he says, Look, you guys, I'm putting in a vernacular here. Look, you guys, uh, you, you kings of the earth, you better get your act right because you don't know who you're dealing with. When I say I've set my king on my holy hill, then you better get along and agree with that. In fact, you better do even more than that. You might just curry favor 
with Christ himself because and 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 kiss the Lord because if you don't you're going to see some very serious problems come upon you read it in Psalm 2 it's quite fascinating and it's just a few verses <clears throat> so when Tim- Timothy Bordashov there in Russia declares that frenetic frenetic diplomatic maneuvering is reshaping the world order what he's basically saying is that even a lot of the smaller nations now are working to manipulate larger nations in order to try to curry favor so that they can become sharers in the ultimate battle for king of the mountain and maybe become king of the mountain themselves. That's why France, Mr. Macron, you may recall, just a week ago, went to China and tried to curry favor with China. Why are they doing these kinds of things? Because they think that they're going to have to have somebody else in their uh, sphere of uh, anointing and influence in order to ultimately end up on top. Maneuvering. Shaping the world order. Then, this came from a Christian magazine, Midnight Call, from Russia, again. The Anglo-Saxons and the rest of the collective West unquestioningly submit to them, seek to impose their dictates on world affairs at any cost. That was a statement made by Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, delivering a message during the celebration of the Diplomats' Day in Moscow. He said the West, the collective West, that would be the U.S., the whole, the EU, the the United Nations, not the United Nations, but the uh, uh, NATO. These people, ultimately, he said, are trying to dictate world affairs at any cost. So we're going to come against the West. We're going to end the West monopoly on shaping the framework of international life. In other words, on shaping the new world order. So now Russia has been set inexorably against the entire Western world that is now collectivized under the title of NATO, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which is forming its own Western One World Order. Russia sees this. Therefore, Russia has been moved into the arms of China. Why? Because there's a battle for King of the Mountain. Will it be Russia? Will it be China? Each one thinks that somehow they're going to be the guy. They're going to be the power, and they have to use others in order to get there. Now, in this context, we have the threats against Israel. For instance, Hamas official, may Allah bring annihilation upon the Jews. It was a sermon in Gaza prayed for Allah to bring annihilation and paralysis upon the Jews and to enable the Muslims to get to 
the Jews' necks, he said. They're filthy animals and brothers of apes and pigs who spread corruption, injustice, and evil at El Oscar Mosque. So, that's the spirit there. And as if that were not enough, the uh, president of Iran made a similar kind of statement, saying, in fact, here it is right here. For the Jerusalem Post, Iran will destroy Tel Aviv, Haifa, at the slightest Israeli action. In other words, they want to. That's their goal. So we have that, the vulnerability of Israel in the context of the forming of these alliances, uh, unlike in previous years and generations, it is now global in every way. Then, in addition to that, we have Dr. James Dobson. My friend, formerly from California, he formed Focus on the Family there, then moved to Colorado, Colorado Springs, and now uh, is the voice of Family Talk. And he came out with a statement just in the last day or two, warning our President Biden that he has a plan to destroy America's sovereignty. Indeed, he does. Joe Biden is intent on destroying America's sovereignty. Warning the UN's World Health Organization wants to complete control of your mind and body, and Biden is willing to help them. Now, we've talked about that here on this program, but here is uh, Dr. James Dobson coming out, a premier voice of the evangelical world for the past 40 years, now coming out and saying, he said, mark my word, if America gives up its sovereign rule as a nation, we could well lose our sweet land of liberty and effectively forsake every generation that has fought and died for it. God help us if we let this happen on our watch. But that's what's happening. It is happening. And a man that Americans purportedly elected is helping to facilitate it. In the name of the presidency of the United States. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. I count it a great privilege to be able to come before you every day here, Monday through Friday, to confront the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective, but even more than that, 
in the past 10 years to actually woo and warn the entire church worldwide. And speaking of that, uh, I have mentioned a couple of times that uh, a co- two months ago, uh, one of the major podcast sites that uh, it, that airs our program uh, informed me that they had recorded listeners, actual listeners to this program through their uh, podcast uh, cooperative in 179 nations. So this program and the spirit of this program has gone way beyond America because there are believers all over the world who are extremely troubled about America. And on the other hand, they have been waiting for the message of truth to come out to help them to understand the times that we're living in and to respond to them according to the scriptures. And what they're hearing, when they listen to this program, they're hearing what they thought they would or should have expected to hear from America concerning the end of the age and the coming of Christ. So they're listening. Exactly how many, I do not know. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to be faithful, to bring the message, to encourage, to build up, to inform, yes, but to inform in such a way that there has to be response, transformation, heart and mind transformation. That's what the Bible's about, and that's what this program is about. As one listener said early on, uh, about 27 years ago, listening to this program, he said, you just can't listen to Viewpoint long and not be changed. That's what it's all about, change you can believe in from God's perspective. Now, again, we're talking about the spirit of Antichrist, the environment in our world right now. And so very quickly, I'm going to run through uh, some things with you. Uh, if you look at the troubling nature of our country and, and the divisiveness in our country, then you leap across the Atlantic to a place called Israel. And just this last week, 600,000 patriots marched in Jerusalem to save the Holy Land from the Biden regime insurrection. That's the title. 600,000 patriots march in Jerusalem to save the Holy Land from the Biden regime insurrection. Now, what's it talking about? It's talking about the Biden regime, his administration, sowing the seeds of discord in Israel to have them come against Benjamin Netanyahu and his government that has been seeking to establish judicial reform so that the Supreme Court of Israel didn't become a dictator rendering the Knesset, the Parliament of Israel, a nothing burger. Joe Biden and the American administration and State Department have been fomenting, as this writer says, insurrection against Benjamin Netanyahu and his government. 
600,000 came out to protest that. and said, no, we're not going to let you get by with that, Mr. Biden. In addition to that, the president of China, Xi, has warned his armed forces to prepare for actual combat. Things are stirring up, my friends, as you know. But we're bringing it all together now in a single 55-minute picture so that we cannot miss, we don't miss, what is really taking place. Then we have a series of articles revealing the massive secularization of the entire world. Here's an article, Secularization, Why Are People Less Religious? Another, why are so many abandoning Christianity, forsaking traditional Christianity, a secularized world, and the young people are leading the way, falling away from the Christian faith like flies? Isn't this exactly what the Apostle Paul talked about? People falling away? Young people raised in Christian homes who... 65% of them will never darken the door of a church again after leaving home. Then you have the world's largest Baptist university, Baylor University. On March 23rd, the school hosted an event certifying its contemporary credentials by advertising on Instagram the extravaganza called Queer Sex Ed. It was sponsored by PRISM at Baylor, reflecting diversity and opportunity in the LGBTQ plus community. Baylor University, friends, the largest Baptist university in the world, sponsoring Queer Sex Ed Night. No wonder National Geographic came out with an editorial. The world's newest major religion, no religion. Secularism, growing atheists and agnostics are trying to expand and diversify the ranks. And that leads us to our final article of the day. And these are all coming, friends. I've collectivized... Uh, collected all of these various articles so that we're speaking with authority. It's not just my opinion. I'm tying them together with opinion and with the Word of God. But these are all evidentiary here on this program. As a good lawyer, I present an opening statement, just like in a trial. We present all of the evidence, both testimonial and and documentary, and then we present a final argument. And you have to make a decision. You're always the jury. Now, this article came from uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries. It's a very long article, but I only want to share a short portion of it with you that I think will be encouraging and helpful. Because we're not here just to decry the darkness. We talk about these things so that we can orient our own lives appropriately 
Because, friends, the spirit of Antichrist is here. For this reason, the Bible says, Awake, thou sleeper, and arise from your sleep, and Christ will shine on you. But do not be unwise, but wise, making, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. So this isn't time to be business as usual. It's time to redeem the time. to get, In other words, to get serious about your life. To get serious about what you're doing with your children, with your grandchildren, pastors, with your people. It is not business as usual time. What does it mean to get serious? The Apostle Peter talks about getting sober. The Apostle Paul talks about being sober-minded. He's not talking about uh, not uh, drinking alcoholic beverages, whether it be Bud Light or any other uh, alcoholic beverage. He's not talking about that. He's talking about getting serious about your life. Sober up, my friend. Arise, thou that sleepest, and the Lord shall give you light. Don't be unwise, but redeeming the time because the days are evil. Do you agree with that statement? The days are evil. So this article goes on to say, seizing this realization is not a defeatist attitude. It is the necessary first step in stealing ourselves for our upward call in Christ in such a time as this. Well, what time is this? This is the time that all history has waited for because God in his omniscience promised it. He said it was going to be thus. Jesus said that. The Apostle Paul said that. The Apostle Peter said said that. The Apostle John said that. In fact, the Apostle John went so far as to say, look, if you have the hope of the second coming of Christ in you, if you really think that you're going to participate in that, then you will prepare yourself and purify your heart, even as Christ is pure. He said, that's what you're going to do. And we're not talking about whether or not you confess Christ as your Savior or admitted that there's a God in the universe. Even the fool admits there's a God. Well, not a fool. Only the fool says there's no God. But the devil believes in God. The devil even believes in Jesus. That's not what God is looking for. Contrary to popular opinion, easy believism, churchianity, what God is looking for is a people, individuals and a people who are 100% committed to him, to his kingdom and his righteousness, whose minds and hearts are sold out to him, who trust him, come what may, and therefore will obey him, in the spirit of holiness.
That's what God is looking for. Now, if you don't understand that, you haven't been reading your Bible lately, at least not much of it. Because that's the spirit of the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. This article goes on to say, we need to regain the bold confidence of the apostles and early Christians who saw themselves as privileged to suffer on behalf of Christ. Paul encouraged the Philippian church. For to you, it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. In the same way, Peter and the other apostles, after being flogged for teaching in Jesus' name, went on their way, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. Now, you don't hear this kind of thing being taught or preached anymore. It used to be when I was growing up, but it hasn't been for a good 50 years now. And I've been watching the trajectory of this from coast to coast, having grown up from coast to coast, having been in churches from coast to coast, having been involved in numerous denominations from coast to coast, and experienced most of the major movements of our time from coast to coast. I have been a living witness to see the trajectory away from trusting God and obeying his voice. So, this article continues to say, in this twilight hour, it is critical critical that we apply the admonition given to the Jewish people through the prophet Haggai. Twice, God said to his people, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Thanks for joining us here on the program today. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, helpful to understanding and also to uh, encourage and even challenge you. Get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, and King of the Mountain, the epic end-time battle. You're not going to be disappointed. On our website, saveus.org, call us 1-800-SAVE-USA and become a partner, friends. Don't delay, do it today. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 